listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. Now here's your host, the Sly Dog. Hello and welcome back to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and joining me today, the drummer of LA Guns, Mr. Steve Riley. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing great, brother. Thanks for having me on your show. Thanks for coming on. This is great. We're here to talk about this incredible new release, uh, Renegades. It's been out about a week now. How do you feel it's been received so far by the fans? Because for me, it's it kicks ass. This is a the, the record I was hoping you would make. Oh man, that makes me feel good that you love the record, and so far the response is uh, has been great. Just on Spotify alone, the three singles have been streaming like seven hundred fifty thousand times, uh, counting all of them together. So the reviews have been great, and the fans have really liked it, and so. Which is gassed that everybody's digging on the album, and we're really happy about that. I'm glad to hear that. Talk to me about putting this 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 bet lineup of the band together. Like, what made you feel like now was the right time to put together this lineup of LA Guns? Well, I had stayed best friends with Kelly Nichols throughout the entire thing from '87 on. He's my battery mate, and the, the, we were the rhythm section on everything. And uh, so when he decided he wanted to come back. It was like a no-brainer. I couldn't believe it. I was so happy. He wanted to stop playing music again. And uh, he's uh, he's such a prolific songwriter. He wrote some of the big songs on this album, and he wrote Ballad of Chain. And so he's, it was just great getting Kelly back. And when Kelly came back, uh, Scotty Griffin had been playing bass in the band while Kelly was out. And he's really a lead guitar player. And so... He just kind of took the gig because it was a good touring gig and a good recording gig. And it was like a smart move on his part. So he's been involved with the band. So when Kelly came back, I called Scotty right away and I said, why don't you play guitar with me and Kelly? And he was gassed about that because that's where he, what, what he does, he's a lead guitar player. So getting Scotty in the band was a no-brainer. And then... We were ready. we were prepared to do the full audition thing for a singer, and that's pretty a grueling experience going through a bunch of singers trying to find one. But we got a call from somebody we know in Las Vegas saying, "Check out this guy Kurt Folick. and he was the very first guy that we looked at. So we didn't have to audition anybody. We looked at Kurt. We knew he was the guy. He writes great material. And he sings great and plays rhythm guitar. So we were really fortunate that the very first guy we looked at was Kurt. And Scotty, like I said, was a no-brainer. So Kelly and I didn't have to do any auditions for anything. The band just came together. Just It was just so uh, organic. It was so, and the chemistry was there right away. That's incredible. That, yeah, I and, know. And it, it, show, it shows in the way you guys play. It, it doesn't feel forced. It, it feels like a natural thing, and I love that. Uh, totally. This is the first album that the first LA Guns album you've been part of since Hollywood Forever. Have you been stacking up material since then, or is this all fresh for the new album? You know what? I, I had been sitting on a lot of material for years, some of it decades, uh, and and I, the other guys too. They had a lot of material that they had in the can too that, for some reason or another, didn't get recorded. And uh, like, you know, even just take off the album, you can't walk away. I had to, I had written that with a guy, a friend of mine back in the 80s. So I've been sitting on You Can't Walk Away for so long and it didn't get recorded for one reason or another. And I brought it into pre-production and Kurt tooled around with the 
the uh, the chorus, and it, it came together really good. But yeah, some of this material we had been sitting on for a long time, and we got to record it, and uh, it, 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 I'm just thrilled the way it all turned out. Nice. Nice. That's really cool. It's always nice, you know, when songs that you've got to, you know, woodshed for a while finally get to see the light of day, so I love hearing that. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, one thing I noticed is you're credited as the producer on the album, and to me, one of the fi- one of my favorite things about this record is the sound of it r- very much rides a line between raw rock and roll production and a more polished production. Like, it's not so sanitized, like it feels like overproduced, but it's not so raw, like you can't pick out everything. It's really right down the middle, and I love that. Uh, was that one of your yeah, goals when you were recording the album? That. Yeah, you know what? It, it's the first album that I totally produced, and uh, I, I had worked with so many good producers over the years, from Todd Rundgren to Tom Warman, Gene Simmons, and Andy Johns. And I, I drew a lot off of the knowledge that I gained from working with those guys. And the last four albums that I had done with um, with Phil and the guys were four albums that were produced by Andy Johns. And, you know, he worked with Zeppelin and Van Halen and everybody. And uh, I became good friends with Andy Johns, and I stayed in the studio with him during those albums. So when I went in to do this album and produce it, I used the same engineer, June Murakawa, that we used with Andy Johns. I went to the same studio, and I mic'd up the room like Andy would do it, too. And, and I really went for a, a sound that was going to be, you know, in the 80s, we were producing records that had a little bit of a bombastic drum sound, and it was a lot of reverb and, and really wide sounding. I wanted the drum kit to sound a little bit more realistic and a little bit more live. And uh, I, I, I just drew on a lot of stuff that I acknowledged that I had gained from working with those great producers. And the other factor, too, was we were on a tight budget and a tight time frame. So I didn't have a lot of time to overthink it. And I think that we captured something really raw and organic on this. And we did it really old school. We did the whole thing in two and a half weeks. Wow, that's that's incredible. It, so, it sounds like it was really like work, like worked out. Like, did you get a lot of like chance to play these like any of these live before? You recorded the album like like I know you got your first show with this lineup. I think was in twenty eighteen at M three, but were there many? I know they, yeah. Well, I don't, were there that many? Was in tw- that, that was in May of twenty nineteen. We did that May oh wow. uh, show at M three. Oh, that was in and May. Uh, we and when we did that show, bro, we had only done the old catalog. We had none of this stuff. We hadn't done anything. We we hadn't even exchanged files over the internet. So. None of this stuff has been played live yet, so we're dying to go out and play at least four of the new songs off of the album within our set, but we haven't played any of these songs live. That's interesting, because I can really tell like everybody's locked in. Like you said, it's a natural fit, almost like you had been playing these live, so that's really cool to hear that. Uh, Oh, yeah. It was so really fortunate. The chemistry was great right from the beginning. Nice. Let's hit on a few of the of the songs on the album. One of my favorites is Crawl. It's a great song to kick off the record. Talk a bit about that song and its origins. That song was a song that Kelly Nichols brought in, and um, it was at, towards the end of pre-production, too. And once we put that song together, 
we knew it had such a great groove to it. It had a great L.A. Guns feel to it. So it was kind of a no-brainer. We wanted to come out of the gate with that song. And it, and it really does. It has such a great groove. And uh, it, it, it came together very easily. But it was the gist of the song that Kelly Nichols brought in. And um, I'm so glad that we came out of the gate with it because everybody really dug it. Nice. Yeah, it's a great cruising song, too. That song, like, when you pop the CD in the car, that song you know, booms to the speaker. Oh, right incredible. on. <laughs> right uh, on with that. Another one I love, to, to me, this song is the 2020 sister to Electric Gypsy, and that is Well-Oiled Machine. Talk about that one a bit. Oh, totally. That's a, I gotta tell you, it, it just was, it happened that the first three singles that we brought in with three songs that Kelly Nichols brought in. This was another one that he brought in, Well Oiled Machine. And um, it, that song just pushes air out of the speakers. It's just a great song. And uh, it, it has to do with motorcycles and stock car racing. And uh, it just came together great. Kurt took it and, and, and fools with the chorus a little bit. And... Uh, we just, uh, it, it, it's one of my favorites off the album. I love Well Oil Machine. It's a great song. It's a great driving song, too, again, like I said. Uh, yeah. I want to talk about ballads for a second, because in the tradition of ballads like Crystal Eyes and Ballad of Jane, one of my f other favorite songs on the album is Wood. It's very Beatlesque and almost like psychedelic in a way, which is kind of an interesting quality to bring to an L.A. Gun song. Talk about that song, because to me it's so unique, but it really sounds incredible on the album. Well, you know what? That's the song that Kurt Froelich, the singer, brought in. And uh, he had already brought in three songs. Uh, he brought in Why Ask Why, uh, All That You Are, and Witchcraft. And they were all three great rockers. But then he said, I got this song that I want you to hear that I've been sitting on. And he had written a song a bunch of years ago. And he, he, you know, he just didn't get to record it. When he let us hear it, I was like bowled over. I couldn't believe how good it was and, uh, and the layers of vocals and to produce something like that was really fun too because you got to do some tricks in the studio too. But he brought that song in and right away with one listen, we knew it was a great song, really well written and it does have a really Beatlesque flavor to it and it retains an L.A. Guns kind of flavor to it too. But, um, man, that song turned out great. Like, when he brought it in, I couldn't believe how good it was. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, big ups to him for that one. Take me to the past uh, a bit. Uh, the first L.A. Guns album was finished prior to you joining the band, actually. I was always curious what the story was and how you came to fill the drummer's throne in the band. Well, I was still in Wasp, and uh, I was doing that last tour that I did with them, and we were recording the Live in the Raw album. And... Uh, while, they were, while we were recording the Live in the Raw album and out on tour, L.A. Guns was in the studio doing their first album. And uh, when I got out of Wasp in like mid to late 87, these guys were big fans of Wasp and they knew I was out of Wasp. They asked me to join the band and that they were going to let their drummer go before the album was re released. So that's why you see my photo on the album because I joined before the album was even pressed. And uh, I ended up touring behind that whole album. We did the first world tour and, uh, and then went in to do Clock and Loaded. But yeah, that first album, when they played it for me, they asked me, 
there was still a club band here in L.A., and I was coming out of a band that was headlining Long Beach Arena. Yeah. So, you know, when I listened to it, I just knew the songs were great on that first album. I really, really liked that first album, L.A. Gun, the self-titled one. And uh, I got to do the full world tour behind that album. But, um, yeah, when they played that for me, bro, I, I knew that they had the songs and they had everything going for them. And uh, there's a lot of good, great songs on that first album. That's really interesting, and it's cool that you kind of got to jump on like right as the train was was starting out. Like it was almost like the gig was ready made for you. Like you're done with this band, and now you're moving to the next one. So it's really perfect, actually. I think. Yeah, and so so many of my things, I was so fortunate during the '80s. Everything was, you know, you got to have talent, but you got to have some luck and timing on your side too. And with the Kill album, the Right to Rock. They let their guy go right before they were going to record that, and I got to get on that album. When I joined Wasp, they recorded their first album and let their drummer go before they even did one show, and I got to join that. And the same thing with LA Guns. You know, they recorded their first album and let their drummer go, and I got to join that. But so much of it is fortunate timing, and I got to go from one band to another. But, boy, do you have to have timing on your side on that situation. Yeah, you you would definitely you dealt a good hand for sure, and you, that's a good segue too. Uh, I wanted to ask you a bit about Lost because that's another one of my favorite bands from the eighties. Uh, you played on Last Command, Electric Circus, and Live in the Raw. You mentioned you joined right after the fir the first album, which I didn't know. I thought you joined like after that tour, maybe. Uh, so just talk a bit about your time in Wasp and like how you how you joined and what that that was like. Like Wasp to me is such a fascinating band because because like they're. To, like I'm, I'm a younger fan so like they're this band from the 80s that was, was doing all this big crazy like you know kiss on steroids type type stuff and there's yeah, not a lot of information out out about there out there about them you know like about like what went on in the band so i've always been i'm always curious to hear stories about that band oh man you know what i i had such a great time being in that band and i i knew that we weren't just theatrically good i knew we were sonically good and we had really good songs and we played great shows i mean we were just we were blowing headliners off the stage we were that good man and i really wish that band could have stayed together longer with chris holmes and randy piper and blackie and me and i just it was a shame that it broke up but it did and i was fortunate to get in l.a guns but that band, you know, was uh, so good, and I had such a great time being in it. And it was the same situation when Blackie, when I was doing the Kale album, Right to Rock, they were doing their first album at the same time. So when I joined, Blackie told me, come over and listen to the album and see what you think. And I just thought they were great. I thought the first Was album just kicked ass. It was so good. And uh, looking back, I made the right decision to go with Was. But I got to tell you, that was one of my best experiences, being in that band and going around the world with them for like numerous world tours. And I got to tour on their first album too. So they hadn't done anything outside of L.A., and I joined the band, the album came out, and we all went out on tour for that first tour. And that was just a gas band in that band, man. We we were shocking, but we were sounded great, too. We were just they were all great players in the band, great vocals and great guitar playing. And it was, it was a gas band in that band. I just loved it. 
it, it really comes across too and and from that era especially like in the live record like even though it's not on the live record one of my favorite like wasp songs is on your knees and man that song kicks a lot live i've seen videos of you playing it with the band yeah man that that song you know what i go back and revisit too is when i did the first tour with them in 84 we went to london to start the tour and we recorded live at the lyceum and that's a, a full-length it's concert and that is the song we come out and open up with and it is just a buzzsaw and it, it's just it just takes the top of your head off it's such a well-written song and playing that song live was just great too because they, you just got the crowd moving with it too it's a great song it's a great opening number another one i love uh is uh scream until you like it, it which was on the movie in the movie ghoulies and it was like the new track on live in the raw did you play drums on that one as well or did they bring someone in like afterwards and do that song you know they ended up doing something with somebody else because i had just gotten out of the band and then they got the contract to do a song for the movie uh ghoulies 2 i think it was and so i was already in la guns when Blackie and the guys recorded that. So I think they got a session drummer to play on that song. I don't know what his name is, but the song actually turned out really, really good, too. I listened to it after it got released. And, uh, of course, you know, with Blackie and Chris playing on it, it turned out really, really good. I was I was really surprised at how good it turned out. Nice. One other song from the Wasp era I wanted to ask you about just because... Uh... It, man, it's. I think it's one of the most underrated songs in the band's catalog, and that's "Shoot from the Hip." Talk a bit about that song. Do you remember working on that one or playing it live recently? Oh, totally. Yeah, totally, man. And that was on uh, that was on the Electric Circus album, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I had a great time recording that song, and uh, and remember when Blackie actually brought the idea in for the song too. And uh, once once we played it in pre-production in the rehearsal studio. I just knew it was going to be a great song. And, you know, I think that's an underrated album, Electric Circus, too. I think it has a ton of great material on it. And uh, Two From the Hip is just one hell of a rocker. It's great. Yeah, it's such a driving song. And two covers on that album, too, which are interesting. I Don't Need No Doctor and Easy Living. Oh, man. I, you know what I always thought, too, is uh, I always thought that we should have released Easy Living as a single. I thought it came out so good. Ken Hensley from Uriah Heat played on it. Oh, wow. He's doing the keyboard. Yeah, he plays the keys on that. And uh, he was in the studio with us, and it was just a great experience doing that song. I thought it turned out so good. I love uh, the Humble Pie tune we did, too, but I just thought the Uriah Heap song was so good. It turned out so good. Got to play double kick through the whole song, and uh, I just thought it should have been a single because... I knew a lot of other bands did that too, like Choir Ride and Van Halen, and I thought that we should have done that with Easy Living, but I think we went with something else as a single, but I really liked the way that turned out. It's a great version. Uh, to bring it back to L.A. Guns again, uh, you so after the first album, you went on to be part of 11 more albums prior to Renegades. So coming back to Renegades, how do you feel this album fits into the story of L.A. Guns? Like, are you... Like, are you cool that it kind of sits in this place in history where there's two lineups of the band? Or, like, you know, what are your th thoughts on, like, its part in the in the history of the band, if you will? I think that, you know, it fits right in with our whole catalog because Kelly and I 
made a conscientious effort that we didn't want to stray far away from our sound. We have a lot of fans that like our old catalog. They like our style of writing and recording, and we wanted to make sure that we stayed true to that. And I think that this album, Renegades, it really does stay true to the L.A. Gun sound and the songwriting on it. And uh, I think it fits in really, really good with, our, with the rest of the catalog. And uh, I'm just proud of it for that reason, too, that, that, we, that the fans are, are saying that, too, that, you know, this is really great L.A. Guns material. And that just makes us feel good. I think it fits right in with our catalog. Awesome. I totally agree. I got two more questions for you. Uh, first up, uh, I got to ask this one. It's a bit more of a serious one. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, you're currently unable to go out and support this album with a tour. Are you hopeful for the future of touring in 2021, or do you think it's going to be more of a challenge getting back on the road? Well, I'll tell you what, bro. You know, everything that we were supposed to do, we had a bunch of festivals, fairs, and casinos, and some odd satellite dates that will go with them. We are... Um, had everything postponed. Nothing was canceled out of 2020. It always moved into 2021. We have a schedule right in front of me right now that starts in March, and it's a big festival, and then we go to a casino, and it goes all the way through to the fall. We just got our fingers crossed that everything goes smooth. We know that things might be pushed back because people are waiting for the vaccine, and then we got to get people comfortable going out again. And we don't know what the capacities are going to be like at the beginning. So we just got our fingers crossed like every other band. Hopefully everything goes smooth and we can get back on track and start up in March because that's when our dates start. But I know it's not going to be a, just a totally smooth road. I know it's going to be a little bumpy getting it back into a normal routine. But we're ready to do just about anything live right now. And uh, I do have a lot of faith in it. I think that we can get back to normal this next year coming up and get back to having concerts and everybody feeling safe again. But it's, it's, it's a touchy situation right now. And this year has been something that just blew everybody away. This is the first year that I haven't done any dates at all. Oh, wow. And uh, I don't think anybody has. And this is just something that... I don't know. We're never going to forget this year. I do that. This went by. This this has been insane. And hopefully, they get this vaccine going, and everybody can get back to a normal mode next year. We we're just hoping and praying. But uh, I do have a full schedule in front of me for 2021, and we'll see how it goes. Well, awesome. Yeah, I hope so too. Because man, I I could use some live rock and roll. I I miss it. I've I haven't been to a show oh, since yeah. March. Can you imagine when the concerts get up going again? It's going to be a hell of a party. Oh, uh, yeah. Everybody that can tour is going to tour, and I am ready for oh, it. Oh, totally. It's going to be great. Awesome. Well, to bring it all home, uh, as a kind of a tradition on my show, I always end with a question about, like, tell me a funny road story. And you've been on the road, you know, with different bands over the years. Do, like, do you have a favorite, like, funny touring story from over the years, whether it's with Wasp or LA Guns? Well, I tell you what, you know, one of the funniest stories is uh, when I was with Wasp, I, uh, you know, we went out on the first tour and we would throw the meat out at the audience <laughs> and Blackie, Blackie would cut up the meat and throw it at the audience and 
they would end up throwing it back at us. And it was just a wild scene. And one night we were in uh, Scandinavia and, and the smoke machine was going off and Blackie was throwing the meat out at the audience. And I was up on the riser and I could see something coming from the audience. It's like almost like in slow motion. It was this big thing coming from the audience. And it ended up being like a frozen leg of lamb or something that somebody brought to the show. <laughs> and, it, and, and it came out of the audience and I threw the smoke like in slow motion and it hit Chris Holmes right in the head. Ooh. And it knocked him it knocked him out cold on the stage. Ooh. And we were playing and we couldn't even believe it. And somebody had thrown they knew the meat thing was gonna be coming up with Blackie and they brought this frozen piece of meat in and threw it up at the stage. It hit Chris in the whole head. He went out, but you know, he wasn't really hurt, but he kind of knocked him out for a couple minutes. And it was just funny as hell. I was up there playing, laughing my ass off. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> man, that's a that's a hard fall. Chris is a big a big man, so that he went down with a thud, I'm sure. Oh man, I'm telling you, you know, it happened in slow motion too, and it was just funny as shit. We couldn't believe it. Oh man, that's great. Thank you for sharing that with me. I appreciate it. Uh, well, right on. Well, Steve, uh, it's been a pleasure having you. Uh, lastly, before we, we wrap it all off, tell people where they can get in touch with you and find out what's going on in the world of Elegance. Well, I tell you what, they, I know it's hard to find out where to order albums or where to see dates and how a band's doing or what they're going to be doing. Just go to net, and you could find out all of our show dates that are coming up. You could find out how to order Renegades. And there's some fun merchandise and videos up there. So uh, we just want the fans to know, go to LAGuns.net and you can find out everything and about the album and dates and everything about what me and Kelly Nichols are doing. Awesome. Great. I can't wait for 2021. Here's hoping we get to rock out and I can, I can see LA Guns live finally. That would be incredible. Oh, man, we can't wait either, brother. And I want to thank you, bro, for the support and having me on your show. And uh, just be safe out there right now, too. Same to you, to you, man. Hopefully we can do this again sometime. Okay, brother. I hope to see you on tour in 2021. Keep your fingers crossed. I will. Till next time, I'm the Sly Dog. Peace, love, and rock and roll.
listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.